Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. So, welcome back to the ASM Podcast 2020. I have a special guest today, Alex from America. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Alex, you are a collegiate coach um, at Georgia State, right? Correct. Cool. And you've come all the way down here to West Palm Beach. Are you doing recruiting? What, what's going on? I was on a recruiting trip visiting one player down in Weston. Awesome. So you literally flew all the way down just to watch that player? Absolutely. Wow. So that's what you got to do these days, right? To get the recruits in. 100%. The right ones anyway. The right ones. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So, so I want to do today is talk a bit about you, your background. Uh, I know you were a college player right at uh, Baylor University. Yeah, I played at Vanderbilt for two years, transferred to Baylor, and played there for another two years. Cool. And how, how was that? Like, how was that kind of experience playing um, at, the, at Baylor initially? Because I know it's a big, big time Division One program. It was obviously a big commitment, just like playing for any school. But the standards there are extremely high um, academically and athletically. So the daily commitment was huge. Huge, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. How how did, how was your recruitment process? Because I know when I did mine, it was like kind of chaotic. But you know, being a Brit, kind of was not used to the process. As an American, surely it must be a bit easier. But I've heard some different stories. So what was yours like? Mine was really easy, and mine yeah. started very early. The coaches started coming out. Obviously, right. they couldn't talk to us yet. But early in my high school right. um, competition days, and so the ones that came into the game with me early were the ones I kind of stuck with through the process. So I think the seeing a commitment from a coach to your, um, you know, high school journey and process recruiting process means a lot to players. Yeah. So when you see a coach that's dedicated to you and you know paying attention to you and your results and your development, it should kind of you know give you a green light for that right. person. Right. Right. And um, when you when you were kind of finishing your your playing time. Mm-hmm. What, what was kind of next steps? You got straight into coaching or did you maybe did you turn pro? What, what did you do? So when I finished my playing career, I had a fifth year because uh-huh. I lost credits transferring. So I had to finish up um, school and then I graduated. And a week after I graduated, I drove up to Connecticut right. where I got my first head coaching job at oh, a cool. D2 program, University of New Haven. Yeah. And, and then you just start, that was it, career into was coaching, it? and you just loved it ever, ever since Right then. away, yeah. And Division Two compared to where I am now at Division One is a bit different, and so it was a great experience seeing both levels. And, and why did you why did you transfer? Like, what made you want to leave, say, Texas to, when you, when you, when you were playing before you, you did your coaching? When job? I left Vanderbilt, yeah. uh, I was really looking for a different player-coach relationship. Uh. Um, Jeff at Vanderbilt, he's a really good coach, a lot of experience, but we did. I just didn't feel that click right. that I needed to to stay. And so I gave it two years and uh-huh. still wasn't feeling like it was the best fit. So that's why I started looking around and yeah. Baylor was a great fit for me, and both athletically it, yeah. and academically. It was great. And, but overall, if you were to do anything differently, would you do, do the same again? Or would you, 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 would you maybe do more research yourself in the process? What would you maybe do differently? I, I did. Um, I did do a lot of research. Initially, I was committed to transferring to TCU. Yeah. And Baylor was extremely persistent. And yeah. Joey really, really showed interest in me. And so that's why I went on a visit there as well and changed my mind. So, yeah. Um, I'm really happy with my decision. Ultimately, it was a great fit, and I had a great experience. Awesome. And now, so now you're at Georgia, Georgia State, right? Mm-hmm. So, what? So you did. You did. How many years were you coaching at uh, your first uh, Division Two? You said right. I was there yeah. for two seasons. Two seasons. Yeah. And you were that good. You just got taken straight into Georgia. No, no. <laughs> actually, 
I actually went um, on a different path and tried right. the um, country club right. coaching and high performance coaching at a T-Bar-M Tennis Academy in Dallas because I wanted to see where I fit as a coach, what fit me best. And I really loved the um, developmental side and working with younger kids, but mm-hmm. there's something about college tennis that is so much fun. and. Yeah when you're a player and you know what it's like to feel that success, you miss it. And you yeah. miss um, competing and you miss that feeling of being on a team. Do you feel like a lot of players, could we come across a lot of high performance players at that 15, 16 age bracket, yeah. and a lot of them feel like they just want to go to the pro straight away. Do you feel like that's a good pathway for a lot of people or they should do the college tennis scene first then turn pro? Because I know like other sports, like college is a must. You know, like football, even golf these days, and uh, basketball. Like you, you, just go to college, and it gives you the best pathway. But tennis is kind of being—it's like kind of hit and miss, right? For some people, absolutely. What's your view on that? I'm a big believer in college tennis. Yeah. I think there's a lot of growth that happens in your four years, and obviously, some people don't stay for the all four years, and they stay two, three. But I think those years are extremely important because. Um, being on a team can teach you so many lessons yeah. and you have every single resource at your fingertips so why not utilize that opportunity and see what it's like to be at the highest level of your sport collegiately before you really dedicate yourself to the pro level. So, and then your program now, obviously you're, you're the head coach, so you're, you're the decision maker, you make the rules, right? Yeah. Um, what, what, what makes your program take different to other programs out there? What are you doing differently from your experiences? I think my relationship with all my players is the special part about our program. I'm extremely close with all of them, and there's a certain level of respect that you don't get at every program and it goes both ways like I respect them as much as they respect me and I have a you know a really really strong relationship with all of them that allows them to communicate with me openly about anything right and it's extremely important when especially if you're an international student athlete coming to a new place new state and dealing with a bunch of changes, you want to have that channel of communication with your coach where yeah. it's open and comfortable. You're almost like a part of their family. It's like a, it sounds very family oriented. Exactly. Very, very exactly. Friendly place to be. Yeah. yeah. And you know, a bunch of coaches say that, oh, it's a family here yeah. and all this, but it's it's yeah. truly not. And so that's my goal is to create something I didn't have as a player for yeah. them. It depends on the coach, right? You got 100%. What they're, they're trying to get. That's why you've got to have these interviews with coaches when you're doing your visits, right? To kind of determine yes. do you have that. That click 100%. So, on your team, is it was it is it many Americans, internationals? What kind of percentages do you have? Uh, typically, we have a all international team. Oh, really? <laughs> right now, we have yeah. one American, right? Actually, and she's been doing great. And that's another great thing about coming to college tennis you yeah. get to meet a lot of different players who come from different backgrounds and cultures and see how you mesh with them and yeah. learn how to create relationships with such different people. Do you, do, are you, did you actively just look for internationals or did you just take the best players that you see? Yeah. When I recruit, I, I look for character first. Right. So it doesn't really matter to me where they're from and and kind of how we click player to coach. I think it's very important. But um, I love American players. I love international yeah. players. Whatever kid that 
you know, has the qualities I'm looking for that fits best that Georgia State is the one that I want. Awesome, so. awesome. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your program then. What is like a day? Let's say you've just recruited, say, myself. Although I wouldn't be on your team because I can't play tennis very well. <laughs> what should I expect to be on your program? What's going to happen as like a day-to-day routine? Like, you know, when am I going, getting training, gym or st- schoolwork? Like, so super like? exciting stuff, you won't yeah. believe. Um, typical day is um, maybe a workout in the morning and straight to practice. Usually in the fall, that's what it's like. We have um, three times a week, we go into the gym, lift, or go out to the um, football field, do some sprints and agility work, um, have breakfast, and then we um, go straight to the courts and practice for two hours. Then the girls have class the rest of the day. Sometimes they they come together and do ice bath or a stretching session together. Mm -hmm. That's when they bond and also they do team dinners every single day of the week. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a huge part of our culture as well. But um, in the spring, things are a little bit different. Um, They usually go into lift twice a week in the morning and practice in the afternoon for the same two hours. And usually it's two hours every single player. Right. You know, every yeah. day, but it's on some days it's team practice, some days they're group practices with four girls, or we have individual sessions. Oh, cool. And then, and, and that's kind of what consistent Monday to a Friday, or then yeah, know, Monday you, through Thursday during the okay. spring because usually we leave Thursday for matches for the weekend. Awesome. And, and then, so, how do you like on your team? What's it like 10 people, 11? How, how many have you got in your team? We have eight currently, eight currently in team. And how many get to go to the tournament? Um, Usually in the spring, seven, seven. travel. Travel. So, um, so how you, you, so one's getting left out sometimes, right? Yeah. So how are you picking your team? Is it based on performances or did you like in, internal competition? Like I know in golf we had like internal competitions and then we got picked. How are you doing it in your That's a great question program? actually because <laughs> I get asked that a lot. Yeah. It's very important that every player on the team understands the process. Right. So for me, being a great teammate is number one. Right. I don't care if you beat everyone on the team. If you're not a good teammate, you're not going. Right. And so that's number one. Number so, two so is... So no McDonald's on your team. No. Oh, no. <laughs> and they learned that really quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, being a great teammate first and then internal competition as well. Right. And how you compete. It's not just, like, winning, mm-hmm. but how are you competing? Is it, you know, in a high-quality way? Are you being kind of disrespectful to a teammate. Yeah. And uh, is it, I know that for in golf at least, it's different, every coach has their own style. Is that the same in in the tennis world and every coach got a different type of way they do it? Absolutely. I think now um, the diversity among coaches um, at our level is huge. I mean, there's so many different personalities out there and that's why it's, kids now have a lot of different options. Right. And that, they want to be with. And that's key when, when the kids are coming to kind of find what they like. Because mm-hmm. the jail isn't good. It's, a, it's not a good experience normally, is it? If, if you don't get on with each other. It's exactly. Kind of, it's almost like a four-year marriage, right? You, you gotta, yes. It's got to work for four years. Otherwise, you're not going to like the experience. So Absolutely. it's good to understand from the coach. How do you coach? How do you set the team members? So that's cool. And do, do you find that the athletes ask you these questions on the visits? Or do you find sometimes just, they're just looking like in, in awe of all the facilities and they forget to ask the key questions? I've had a mix of both i've had players that are really in control and uh, determined to find the best place and do their research and they're very committed to the process and they ask a lot of great questions but then there are other players that are quiet they don't say much they just smile and nod and their parents do the talking right which is 
which is great. I love when parents are involved, but there has to be a sense of involvement from the player yeah. more than the parents. And that's something that I look at as well. Right. Especially for your program. So it's very like, you know, teammate, family kind of base. You want yeah. some involvement from the athlete. Cool. So, and, and, and in your campus, do the athletes live on campus or yes. off campus? So they have, they have the option to live on or off, but typically they've lived on campus all four years because Georgia State's an urban campus mm-hmm. and everything's really close by you don't have to, you don't really need a car or anything like yeah. that to, to get around and that's what's great about Atlanta yeah you yeah. have everything at your fingertips yeah. so close by it's a very cool city yeah it's, it's a wicked city it's very international as well yeah. so that's attractive well. And when you're when you're competing in, in, in season, are you traveling? Is it like every weekend? Is it every other? I mean, how many times are you realistically traveling to tournaments uh, when you're playing? In the spring, typically every weekend. Um, sometimes there are one or two off weekends throughout the season, but mostly every weekend. At yeah. least one match, if not two. Sometimes three with a double header thrown mm-hmm. in there. So it's important to be prepared for anything. And uh, when you're traveling, is it by private jets? I know the football teams, they get a lot of private jets. Is it more realistic? You know, like, we actually uh, have a private helicopter. No I'm way. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you get everybody in the helicopter. That must be an army We can trooper. just stop the podcast there so everyone thinks we have one. No, um, we travel, just normal coach. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. But um, Southwest is huge for us. Yeah. It's because they have the free bags. Yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah obviously cool. we're going to utilize yeah. that. Um, but yeah, we, and we don't fly that much, to yeah. be honest, because Georgia State is in what I believe is the best region in the country yeah. for competition. So we have SEC schools that are in very close proximity. Yeah. We go play or ACC schools. So anyone we want to play that's at the highest level is two to four hours away. And that's a good thing because a lot of athletes think it's really glamorous to like travel, but once you actually start doing it, it's tiring. Yes. Like you got school, then you got to travel, then you got to play. It's like, okay, it's fun for the first two weeks, but then after the third, fourth, I'm tired now. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of good you're, you're nearby everything, so you're not having to um, be always too tired Yeah. To time to recuperate as well. And the van rides are the girls' favorite thing. Yeah. Honestly, they, they can study if they want to, or they can blast the music and drive coach crazy with yeah. the, you know, reggaeton or whatever they <laughs> yeah. want to play. But yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun and that's how they bond as well. Did, did when you were playing, was that kind of your fun experiences in the, in the coach and driving and stuff? Yes. I know for me it was as well. It's always the, the antics happen in there. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> and you have all your inside jokes that yeah. happen in those moments and that's what you remember. Right, yeah, they definitely, definitely. <laughs> okay, uh, so let's talk about the recruitment process itself because I, I know the, the program you have is awesome and location-wise is great. But what are you looking for in an athlete right? obviously you talked about the personality states but let's talk about more the tennis itself sure you know, are you looking at their UTR what is it that's going into your thought process initially if I don't know the player and they email me and they email me and they seem interesting I look at the UTR first but that's not all I look at um, the first thing I do is call that player Mm-hmm. Or I message them, set up a call, then we talk, or FaceTime. FaceTime's honestly great because you can not only get yeah. their tone but see them and how they act. And first thing I look for is character, and it's hard to get that over the phone. Yeah, yeah. So obviously the next step is for me to do a home visit, and those are my favorite because I see how the players with 
their family, their coach at practice, maybe even in a tournament. And it, it shows a lot just being in their world for one mm-hmm. or two days. Yeah. Yeah. You see how it's going on. It's invaluable. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about the email thing. Do you? I've had a lot of kind of talks of coaches. They get like tons of emails, just simply can't go through them all. You mentioned that you you would look at one. So would you look at all your emails, or is there particular ones you're looking for? I I tend to open all of them, but the worst is if a player emails me and says, "Dear coach." So and so, and it's not my name. Right, they just but it's Georgia State in the email. So they're just sending you know an email to everyone, and they forget to change certain things, and so it doesn't feel like you're interested in our school. You're just kind of fishing. Yeah, yeah. So that shows you didn't do your research. Right, and you just kind of like "Ah, ah, next. Yeah, yeah. So when it comes from the player, and I show that they really have looked into Georgia State and they're interested in certain programs. I'll respond. Right, right. Do you, yeah. if, a, if an athlete was to email you versus coming from someone you know and trust, uh, like someone that you've worked with to bring players in, do they have a much more of an advantage coming from like a referral or would you? Yes. They do. 100%. Just because it's someone you know and trust that you're going to, yes. got it, yeah. Yes. That's what I've seen a lot with, with coaches. You, mm-hmm. It's about who you know almost kind of deal. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, and UTR, is that something, I know it's kind of been up in the air with some coaches, like it's, I've got mixed reviews, what's your reviews on it? Because I've, I've, I see from talking coaches, it's kind of like, uh. I, I feel like UTR is great when it's accurate, but mm. a lot of times it's not, in my opinion. I, you know, a few girls on, that are on our team now, their UTRs were either non-existent and they're mm-hmm. playing top three in our lineup, mm-hmm. or their UTR was very low and they go out and play in college matches and they beat players that they should have no business beating based on their UTR so I feel like it it is helpful maybe for the um, higher level D1 programs they're more accurate when they look at those caliber players but for mid-majors it's yeah it's up and down so it's not like a guaranteed success just because UTR is amazing means you're going to get in. It, right. It's more behind the whole scope of everything. Yeah, you you can't just rely on UTR. You have to put in the work. And right. And and academically, what are you looking for? Because I know that there is a, as any sport athlete, it's all about the sport. But you know, parents are like, "Hey, schoolwork." So what are you looking for in school? What's great about work? tennis players is that usually they're yeah. really, they're doing really well in yeah. in their academics. And at Georgia State, our teams won the highest GPA award for the last three, four years. And even before I, I got there, they were winning the award. Not only in among other student athletes at Georgia State and other programs, but within the conference as well. So we do have a high standard and we do have a legacy in that regard that we're trying to uphold. So yeah. I do pay attention to the so academics you, you, you as well. <laughs> What would be like the preferred kind of SAT score they would have to get to uh, be considered for your program? Above a 450. 450. Yeah, yeah in both. In both. So, so, yeah, that's going to set us low. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> <I didn't>. 450? <laughs> Everyone's both. applying. No. <laughs> okay, yeah, so yeah. in both. Okay, so it's 900 then in total. Okay. Yeah. And. Um, uh, I was going to ask you regarding the, the, the schoolwork and, and all this process goes into it. What do you see athletes doing as the biggest mistake when they're doing their, just maybe your process or other recruitment processes when they're looking at school? What do you see the one biggest thing they're always doing wrong? In the recruitment process, yeah. 
they don't communicate well. Right. And honestly or openly. It's kind right. of like we we understand as coaches you have your agenda, if you will, and you're looking for the best fit, but for me, if if you're not a good fit for us, I'll still help you find another place. I right. don't have a problem with that. Maybe not everyone's like that, but for me if I'll tell you straight up, this is not for you, but maybe reach out to so-and-so. It seems like a better fit. But if you're not open and um, if you're not open to some help and some criticism, it's going to be a tough ride. Do do you feel with the whole world, the way the world's going with social media? Yeah. You can see where I'm going to go with this, right? You can see <laughs> Maybe. The, the kids are going, they're, getting, they're, they're, they're struggling more with the communication. They're used to just texting and shorting things down. Yeah. So they're lacking, like, maybe the skills we had when we did our process, you know, maybe 10 years ago. And, and it's all, it's, it, that's maybe kind of the cause of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of, because it's so easy now on social media just to blast stuff out. They're just blasting their stuff out to any coach, see what comes back. Yes. Yeah, so that's uh, where I kind of wanted to go as yeah. well with that is... I get messages on Instagram, which is great. Yeah. But it's, they're kind of rude. Yeah. Honestly, it's like, hey, <laughs> hey, do you have a scholarship? I'm yeah. like, oh, I do. How are you? <laughs> Good to, you know, meet yeah. you electronically anyway. But they need to understand that you have to have a certain level of respect and need to learn how to communicate with a coach. Mm. And, they're in a position of authority and of course they want to have great kids on their team but if you don't have that yeah. foundation of respect and effective communication it's very I'm, difficult. I'm so glad you noticed that because one thing we always tell our clients is about building a relationship. Yeah. Starting the process early as young as 14, 15 finding the right programs based on what you're trying to achieve out of it not just blasting out to everybody. You know I'm not going to mm-hmm. connect you but a school you know that doesn't have business if you want to do business. It right. makes sense you've got to get the fits right. Yes. And then build a relationship for like two years. Yeah. Because then by the time you get to the end of it it's like well maybe there is a better player that comes to you on Instagram but if you know this player for two years and it's been recommended by someone you know it's a better fit absolutely right? and yes. i think the kids nowadays are just like blah it's like kind of blast see what happens and like see sometimes they're rude um, yeah. but i don't think it's because they intentionally are rude people i agree they just don't yes. know they're being rude, rude sometimes i agree know? i agree and sometimes i i tell them that yeah. in a nice way like oh next time yeah maybe do refer to coaches when you email them this way and that'll help you get a response as well but Good. When, when would you recommend is a good time for an athlete to start their process? You know, start you know, beginning their, their tennis development or looking into colleges and when they should get scholarships? I think that sophomore year is critical in kind of putting your feelers out there, seeing yeah. where you want to be location-wise, what kind of coaching style you want, what kind of team you want. And I think writing that down is huge because once it's written down, it's there and you have a focus. But if you just keep thinking and you don't put any action into it, right. your process is going to be complicated and long. Because there's a lot of steps. You've know, you got to do the clearinghouse, SATs, you've got yeah. to find the schools, do the visits, do your resume. So it's not just like, like, you, like say, a quick Instagram message saying, hey, yeah. give me a scholarship, right? Yeah. So there's a lot more into it. Um, what would you say is the, the kind of the way where do you see the recruitment world going do you see it's more going into tournaments online I know we're building a platform now for athletes to connect with coaches but where, where do you see the scope going for recruitment with athletes down the road I honestly have really enjoyed going to not only tournaments but showcases right right um, because 
those players that we're already interested in level-wise are playing against each other. And I think the competition's huge. But uh, online's important, but for me, it'll never change to go out and watch and get to know yeah. a player face-to-face. Got it. To like, see them in person and yeah. how, how they play. Yeah, and meet their family too. Anything that'll help me get an inside look into how they really are. Their true character is big. Awesome, awesome. Um, what if you were to give an athlete say one quick good tip? Uh-huh. What would you What would you recommend? Could be anything. It could be about recruitment, choosing a school, development, tennis. What would you recommend? I would say focus on becoming a great team player now, so you don't have to learn when you go to college, especially for tennis players because we are used to being individuals and competing, and you're going into a team environment. However you can um, go into a team environment and learn how to be a great teammate will be a huge asset. Yeah, make a big difference in the future. Absolutely. And, and the athletes that have played at your, your program, have they gone on to do you know great things after, I assume, if they're great academics, they're surely going to go to great jobs in the country where you turn pro. Yeah. What's been what most of your athletes have done? Um, I have two players right now getting their master's degrees, and one is in Atlanta working um, in, a finance, in the finance um, arena, and she's doing really well. One um, is going to be my GA next year oh, nice. so I'm excited yeah. to have her she's playing for the Venezuelan Fed Cup team this cool. week as well so, so good great stuff, kids yeah, yeah that's awesome yeah. well coach I've really enjoyed having our conversation today learning more about your program how you recruit mm-hmm. uh, I think some very useful tips there for, for the audience watching um, I hope you like West Palm it's nice I and sunny it yeah it's been you, great came on a good day it's not yeah. it's always sunny but sometimes it rains and it's like I, I swear something rains more than the <laughs> Especially in the That's summer. Florida, though, right? I know, in the summer, it's like every day. But it's always in the evening, it's like a massive thunderstorm. But you yeah. want it because you're so hot all day. Yes. Cool. Uh, we hope to maybe come to your program sometime, check it Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, wish you a safe trip home. And, Thank and you. thanks for, for coming to our ASM office. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. So. See you guys. If you enjoyed this video, please subscribe to watch plenty more videos to come on our YouTube channel. And definitely go check out Georgia State University if you're interested in playing tennis. It'll be a good spot. Take care.